Hello, I'm Charles Cobess, Australasia's passion provocateur. Welcome to this week's episode of the Charles Cobess Show. In this week's show, the big idea is to know your values so you can make brilliant decisions. You are constantly making value judgments. Those value judgments guide your decisions. And a brilliant decision or brilliant decisions are those which take you in clever, brilliant ways to where you want to go. Your level of self-awareness helps you identify your values and make quality value judgments. This weekly show is founded on the formula SA plus P equals S. Self-awareness plus passion equals success. Your self-awareness tied in to the harnessing of your passion will give you success in life. Since 1993, when I left the legal career that I loved, I have inspired, motivated, provoked, educated audiences to live a life of passion, to discover their passion, to not compromise on living life without passion. I've helped people via books that I've written, speeches and presentations at conferences, short-term and long-term corporate workshops, public programs. My books, Passionate People Produce, was my first, Passionate Performance. They are still available. They can still add enormous value to your life. This show is also guided by Socrates' famous quote, the unexamined life is not worth living. I hope I'm provoking you through these shows to examine your life. You can see I'm wearing my red jacket, red, the colour of passion. When you see red, I want you to be provoked by the idea, hmm, am I pursuing my passion? I wonder what it is. Each week I explore one big idea because one big idea can change your life. And if we get too many ideas, we don't do anything with them. That's why each week... One big idea, and this is episode 35, so that's 35 big ideas I have shared with you. If you haven't seen earlier episodes, go back and check them out. Each week I share with you a number of simple resources that help you use the one idea to harness the one big idea in your life. A quote, a song, the lyrics of a song, a health tip, a spiritual tip, some humour, and a book. This show is not politically correct. I hope you've got that from me now. I have no desire to be politically correct. I'm supportive of addictions. I'm addicted to coffee, as regular listeners and viewers would know. Mmm. What joy. I subscribe to the view that we have a soul a spirit, a heart, because my definition of passion is that it's a source of unlimited energy from your soul, your spirit, 
your heart. That's why it's so important, and everybody's got it, but very few people are pursuing their passion. Many people know what their passion is, but they don't believe they can pursue their passion. So, what's happened in the week? That's just been. Well, the big news in Australia is that on Wednesday night, South Australia was locked down. And this was such an outrageous act by a Liberal government, which in Australia is a is more a conservative government. It gets quite confusing because in America, a Liberal government is a left-leaning government. South Australia locks its state down. And I can't express my horror at what happened any better than the views of John Roscombe, the chief executive of the Institute of Public Affairs, a magnificent organisation that was established in 1943 to fight for human freedom. This was during World War II. And the Institute of Public Affairs, if you haven't heard of it, check it out at ipa.org.au. I'm a member. I honour its work. And since coronavirus has hit, the number of people who understand the threat to our freedoms from government overreach has meant a massive increase in membership of the IPA, thereby giving it increased resources. John Roscombe wrote beautifully on Friday in his email newsletter about this madness of the South Australian government decision. Let me quote, even before the news a few hours ago from Adelaide, which is the capital of South Australia, I'd been planning to start today's email with a comment about South Australia. I was going to say that like so many other IPA members who I've been in touch with, I was horrified that the government of South Australia had locked the entire population of the state in their homes for six days, 1.7 million people, because of a COVID-19 outbreak in one location in Adelaide. At least in Melbourne under lockdown, people were allowed outside for exercise. That was not a luxury afforded to South Australians. And then I was going to comment that perhaps what concerned me more than the South Australian government's decision was the seemingly widespread acceptance of something so draconian and so illiberal. It just seemed to be accepted. It struck me that in the eight months since the first outbreak of COVID-19, governments have got no smarter at dealing with the virus and no less authoritarian and no less heavy-handed. I'm one of those people who back in March assumed that when governments were attempting to manage the crisis, they would do so in a way that allowed us to live our lives in as normal a way as possible. Unfortunately, I could not have been more wrong. Why governments have acted the way they have and why they have been allowed to is something for argument and debate in the years ahead. One of my favourite columnists, Janet Daly, who writes in The Telegraph in the UK, wrote a piece entitled, How Modern Democracy Has Given Rise to Lockdown Totalitarianism. The expectations that an omniscient state can prevent every death has led us down a dark path. Daly's argument was that the political culture of Western democracies has changed in recent decades, so that there is, quote, the belief that the state 
is now morally responsible for all outcomes. The state must promise not just the best health care it can provide, but a kind of immortality, end quote. She's right, says John Roskam. And I would add that what has happened is that we've entered into our own Faustian bargain. Faustian, spelled F-A-U-S-T-I-A-N. Many of you will know what the Faustian bargain is. So, Roskam goes on to talk about the fact that all of a sudden, this draconian lockdown has been lifted because it, the lockdown, this draconian lockdown, was based on the lie of one person. Now, just contemplate that. The lie of one person about his behaviour leads to a whole state being locked down. That is outrageous. Roskam goes on to say, Now the news story from South Australia is that the state was shut down because one person, quote, lied, end quote. The South Australian authorities are continuing to claim their actions were prudent and reasonable. That's open for debate. But what's not open for debate is that we can't continue to live like this. Our community has to be more robust than this. It's incredible to imagine that one person can tell a fib about how they got COVID-19 and then 1.7 million people are told they can't go outside for six days at all. There has been precious little sense of proportionality or reasonableness about anything that's happened in South Australia over the last few days. It would be laughable if it were not so serious. Much of what's been said about South Australia could be said about the country as a whole. That's the end of my quote from Roskam's piece. John Roskam, CEO. It is simply outrageous, in my opinion. The good news is that I've been having conversations during the week, during the course of this past week, with people about industrial hemp in Canada, in the USA, in Poland, in Italy, in Thailand, in almost every state of Australia. I'm having a global conversation. It's simply remarkable. It's via Zoom. It's face-to-face conversations with people. And whilst Zoom is nowhere near as good as a face-to-face meeting, it's remarkable what we can get done via technology. So that's been quite fun and inspiring. And the other thing I need to report to you is that Julie and my exercise regimes continue riding my bike, exercising, making sure that I keep looking after this amazing machine that God, the universe, whatever you believe in, has given to me. And one of the reasons why I give you a health tip and a spiritual tip each week is because when you look after this machine, just like when you look after your motor car, it can last a long time. And, for example, I'm driving a motor car that I've looked after for a long time, and I'm now up to 770,000 kilometres with a Holden motor car with the original motor. A big reward for looking after it, and I get a big reward for looking after my health because I don't go to hospital. I don't have a regular doctor. I don't want to go to hospital. I don't want to be unwell. Now, for today's big idea, before I do, I remind you, please subscribe to this podcast. 
subscribe to the YouTube channel. If you think it's of value, please share it with your networks. Please come and visit our websites, covest.com, for corporate programs, for public programs, and charlescovest.com for details of the self-awareness and passion quest. That's a group executive coaching exercise that can absolutely change your life in a few months. Check it out. My books, Passionate People Produce, Passionate Performance, are also available on the websites, and you can subscribe to Passion Points to Ponder, and in a somewhat irregular but quite frequent newsletter where I share ideas, as well as sharing ideas through this Charles Covey show. Another sip of coffee before I get to the big idea. You make value judgments all the time. When you know your values, you can make brilliant decisions. When you make value judgments, you have to make decisions between competing values. When you know your values, when you know your hierarchy of values, the order in which they are of importance to you, you make better decisions. And your life today is entirely a function of the decisions that you have made right up to this point, including the brilliant decision that I made to marry Julie. When you know your values, you don't make crappy decisions, shitty decisions. You are consciously aware. You are self-aware. You say, this is what I value. So what are values? Values are whatever you value. Values are what are important to you, what you hold dear, what you think is the point of life or the most important parts of life. They are your values. I value many things. I have a long list of values, much more than 12. I recommend that you bring your list of values down to 12, but to give you an idea, I value integrity, health, freedom, passion, love of family, friends, challenge, learning, growth. But I can't pursue all of my values that I know are important to me at the same time. You can't either. So you have to decide what your values are, in what order they are, and then when you're making a decision, you have to decide what judgments you're going to make between these values, all of which are important to you. And the skill with which you do that leads to brilliant decisions and then leads to the life that you are constantly creating, that right up to this point you've created, you have created with your decisions, with your value judgments. The greater your self-awareness, the better are your value judgments. Self-awareness enables you to decide what your values are, to then put them into the correct hierarchy that works for the life that you want to lead. You can then choose wisely. Let me give you some examples to put this into some context. 
You choose between health and wealth. You say, I want to be healthy and I want to be wealthy. Remarkably, over the years, I have asked audiences, what's more important, health or wealth? That's a value judgment. Most people, 95% of people say, hmm, health is more important than wealth. But what do people actually do? And I say to you, the fact that over 60% of Australians are overweight or obese, I say to you that most Australians who say that health is more important than wealth actually by their behaviour show that wealth is more important than health. Making money is more important than health. They sacrifice their health for the illusion of security of having some cash. Another example, fun versus growth. Two values. I love, I value fun and I value growth. So if I was doing a university course, if I'm at school, I can go out, I can choose this value, I can go out and have fun with somebody, or I can stay at my desk and grow. Grow my skills, grow my learning. That's a value judgment. Example number three, family and friends versus freedom. Family and friends are of high value to me. Freedom is a high value to me. I'm willing, I have to make a value judgment. If I fight for freedom, am I willing to put at risk relationships with family and friends? That's a value judgment. If I say, I'm going to not fight for freedom, I'm going to let these lockdowns occur, I'm going to just put up with what the government says and with certain of my family and friends who think these lockdowns are a good idea, that's a value judgment. Am I willing to risk relationships with family and friends in my fight for freedom? That's a value judgment. Next example. Truth versus comfort. I value comfort. I love being comfortable. But I also value truth. Are you willing to speak the truth at the risk of being uncomfortable? That's a value judgment. The fifth and final one, family and success. I want to be successful. This whole show is about being successful. There are many ways to be successful. We make the value judgment. If I want to be spectacularly successful, a global success, I many times need to make a value judgment that I'm going to focus on pursuing my business success, whatever success means to me, at the expense of not paying attention to my family for a period of time. If I want to be a global success, but I never want to not spend time with family, that won't work. I need to choose. I hope that gives you an idea of the difficulty of the challenge of making these value judgments. And that's why continuing with your self-awareness is so important and to articulate what you do actually value and to put them in order. You need between 10 and 15. I have 12 values. When I run workshops for companies, I help individuals decide their own values and then I help the organization decide its values. Because there's another issue here that if you work for a company whose values are significantly different to yours, it will kill your passion. A conflict of values kills your passion, and then you end up 
struggling at work because your passion that you once had, you now see that your values are contrary to those of the organisation. This is a crucial issue in how you live your life and in the direction it goes and in what you end up getting in your life just as what you have now is a function of your previously made value judgments. I urge you to get good at this so that you make ever more brilliant decisions. Now, the soul. A spot of coffee first. The soul happens to be Julie's favourite soul. Joni Mitchell. Both sides now. Both sides now. What a great song for dealing with this question. Rows and flows of angel hair and ice cream castles in the air and feather canyons everywhere. Looked at clouds that way and the three choruses are so beautiful. I've looked at clouds from both sides now. Clouds being a metaphor, of course. From up and down and still somehow, the clouds illusions I recall. I really don't know clouds at all. The second chorus. I've looked at love from both sides now, from give and take, and still somehow, it's love's illusions that I recall. I really don't know love, really don't know love at all. And then the third one. I've looked at life from both sides now, from win and lose, and still somehow. It's life's illusions I recall. I really don't know life at all. Stick around on this show. I'll help you get better at getting to know a little bit more about life. And when you see that every element of life has both sides, and you make these value judgments, both sides, you then progress down the journey to making better decisions, even in the midst of the illusions in which we live. My quote for this week's episode is by Confucius. And of course, he was Chinese. And of course, we're having all sorts of dramas in Australia about the relationship with China. But this is a very relevant quote to today's big idea. To know what is right and not to do it is the worst cowardice. To know what is right and not to do it is the worst cowardice. So in the context of the extraordinary 2020 that we've had, what do you think is right? I've got a beautiful meme over the course of the last few weeks. The people who killed Anne Frank followed the law. The people who protected Anne Frank We're breaking the law. What is, for you, the right thing to do? Now, the spiritual tip. You know I have 10 Fs. Regular viewers, listeners would know about the 10 Fs. One of them is fornication, making love. And I thought, you know, one of the keys to your health is, if you have a partner, is to do a lot of lovemaking. I'm on a mission to have people doing more, the F word is fornication, that's the polite word, but you know, making love. Making love is a spiritual experience, crucial 
to your health. I urge you to examine your life in terms of your values because this is a health issue as well. 50% of men over 50 years of age have erectile problems. That's because they haven't, in many cases, been looking after their health. This is according to AMA, Australian Medical Association, statistics. So your ability to make love is a crucial element to your health, to your mental, physical, and spiritual health. That then leads me to the book of the week. Wonderful book. I learned huge amounts from this, Sexual Secrets for Men. Subtitle, What Every Woman Will Want Her Man to Know, by Kerry Riley with Diane Riley. I commend it to you. That, of course, then leads to the joke of the day. A bit of humour, you know, can't be too serious. A university lecturer was discussing, and of course this bit of humour is consistent with what we've been talking about with growth versus fun. Go to learning, got to go and learn you put fun to one, to one side for the moment. You make that value judgment. Well, here we are in university. A university lecturer discussing the anatomy of the male genitalia of various African tribes. He went on the Zulu tribe. is known to have the longest penis. It was starting to get embarrassing for the female students. One girl at the back of the lecture hall decided she'd had enough and walked out. She had just reached the door when the lecturer called out, There's no hurry, madam. The next plane to Johannesburg doesn't leave until 9.30 Saturday morning. <laughs> that made me laugh. Anyway, bit of fun. Take a risk. I like taking risks. Just in case you didn't know. That's about it. Think about how today's big idea can help you make brilliant decisions because you make excellent value judgments. Check out our websites. Check out, subscribe to Passion Points to Ponder. Subscribe to this podcast or YouTube channel. Check out the self-awareness and passion quest at Charles Curves and Co. And I take this opportunity to thank you for watching or listening to the show. I wish for you a passion-filled week of fun of more lovemaking than you might otherwise do. And if your partner says, how come you want to make love? You say, tell them Charles Coves told you it's important for your mental, physical, and spiritual health. I hope you do some learning. I hope you have some challenges. And I look forward to being with you next week. Thanks.